Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. We've been talking about fireworks for the last two weeks, and uh, we want to wrap this up this morning. And I, I mentioned to you last week that this is going to be the 25,000, man, I got more junk up here than I can juggle, 25,000-mile uh, high flyover. We're going to have to hit this quick and fast, and so you're going to have to stay with me this morning. Uh, bottom line is this. We expect fireworks at every ball game, every bowl game. And every concert we go to. How many of you have been to concerts where they have fireworks on the inside, right? It's just not a concert without the fireworks. And, and so we've come to expect that. But the truth is this morning is if those things don't happen, if there are no fireworks at the ball game when they hit the Grand Slam home run or at the bowl game in the halftime, if there's not a 20-minute uh, fireworks display at, during the halftime, we're disappointed. We feel cheated. And we just don't feel like it was the full experience. And what I want to say to you this morning is this. I feel the same way about church if there are no fireworks that take don't take place while we're together in an environment like this then i feel like we've been cheated i feel like we really haven't had church unless we have fireworks and so i began to talk to you last week about the fact that there are fireworks that take place in our lives on a regular basis this morning we're going to talk about the interruptions of the spirit in a lot of ways and those big explosions that rattle our world but i told you last week that there are fireworks that should be operating on a daily basis in your life so let me just recap real quick these are real quick i told you last week that the holy spirit does these 10 things he brings regeneration he convicts of sin the holy spirit comforts during times of sorrow he teaches us god's will he helps us to remember he helps us to overcome the devil he empowers us for service he communicates for us and through us he witnesses through us he gives us the power to witness and finally i said last week as the last point where we stopped was i said he gives us gifts and so this morning uh, i want to make it very clear that we want fireworks when we come together as a congregation the interruptions of the holy spirit that we're going to talk about this morning but that is not all of it there is the daily operation of the holy spirit in your life those 10 things that we want to see occurring in your life on a regular basis so that when we come together like this then there's an explosion when we come together and so this morning we're going to look specifically at the gifts of the holy spirit the two different kinds of gifts that there are so i want you to watch this real quick and it'll kind of set the stage for us do you like loud fireworks or pretty fireworks for loud loud pretty loud pretty loud fireworks pretty fireworks pretty loud Pretty. Both. Loud fireworks. Loud, loud. Pretty. Loud fireworks. I prefer pretty. Loud fireworks. Yeah. Loud and pretty. Loud. Pretty fireworks. Loud. Pretty fireworks. I like both. Pretty. Loud fireworks. The loud ones? They don't scare you? Cool. 
All right, so there, there's this division that takes place when we begin to talk about fireworks. There are basically two kinds of fireworks that we're going to talk about this morning. There are loud fireworks, and there are pretty fireworks. And so here are the two kinds. This one, well, I'm going to burn myself up here. Mike, you might have to come help me. Oh, I got it. I'm good. All right, now, as long as we no sprinklers in the building, so don't worry. So, um, uh-oh, is it going to work? Oh, come on. Don't give me a dud. Ah, oh, there we go. All right, so... There are pretty fireworks. So everybody likes the pretty fireworks, right? These are the ones the little kids like. Come on, right? You can have that. You can play with that until it goes out. I know you wanted to. And then there, <laughs> then there are these kind of fireworks. There are the loud. For now, that's not very loud. But I was nice to you this morning. So there are those are the two bases. All right, Mike, you've played enough. Go put it out and then burn the place down. And so there, there are basically these two kinds of fireworks: loud <laughs> and pretty. Uh, the, the loud fireworks rattle us to a, lot, a lot of times, you know. But if you think about a natural fireworks display that, like you watched on July the 4th, if it only had loud fireworks, think about what kind of firework display that would be like. It would be like you're in a war zone. It would be like you're being bombed. Or if you go to the opposite extreme and you only have the, the sparks and the pretty fireworks, that would keep your attention for about, oh, 30 seconds. And then you've seen that shower of sparks before, and you've seen that formation before. And after just a little bit, it would get very boring, and it would be hard to keep your attention. The loud ones get your attention towards the pretty ones, right? And so what is natural is also, t- also takes place in the supernatural. And what I would say to you this morning is you have to have both to be balanced, We need the loud fireworks, and we need the pretty fireworks. And you say, well, what are you talking about, Steve, loud and pretty? Well, if you've ever been in a church service where the Holy Spirit begins to move, and there are words of wisdom and knowledge and tongues and interpretation, how many of you know that they can be rattling? Have you ever had anybody read your mail before in church? I've had that happen before. It's like you got a bullseye on your head, and they call you out and say, the Lord says you're doing this, and you're going, oh, shoot. How did they find me? You know, those rattle us. Then there are the pretty fireworks that we don't seem to mind too much, like pastor, teacher, service, mercy. They're pretty. They're necessary, but they're pretty. And so this morning we're going to look at these, the big bangs and what I call the glow shows. The big bangs that rattle our teeth and set us on edge, and then the glow shows that we kind of like and we're accustomed to and we're comfortable with. But before I do that, let me let me do one one thing. I want to uh, help you out in the in the foyer out there in, in the little bookstore area. I want to make sure there is no way we can cover all this extensively this morning. And some of you are very interested in this, and I want to help you out there. We have one of these books or several of these books written by Dr. Beecham, who attends here when he's in town, called "Plugging Into God's Power," and it is a in-depth study on the gifts and manifestations of the Holy Spirit and a lot of the information that we're going to talk about this morning will help you. These are only $8. That's a great deal. They're more than that normally and he cut us a deal on that. But I would encourage you to get one of those. I've got five out there. I can get more if we need them. But if you're interested in more details, that will help you. All right. Let's look at the scriptural basis for the gifts because there are basically four passages of scripture that we turn to when we start talking about the gifts and manifestations of the Holy Spirit. We start in Ephesians chapter 4 verses 11 through 12 it says this and he gave gave some to be apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints saints unto the work of ministry under the building up of the body of christ 
Then we go to Romans chapter 12, verses 5 through 8 says this. So we who are many are one body in Christ and severally members one of another and having gifts according to the grace that was given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy, according to the portion of our faith or ministry, let us give ourselves to our ministry or he that teacheth to his teaching or he that exhorteth to his exhorting. He that giveth, let him do it with liberality. He that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. And then you can turn to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 9. One little portion there. It says, using hospitality one to another without murmuring. Talking about the gift of hospitality. And then we turn into 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verses 4 through 10, which is a real extensive list, and it says this. It says, there are, now there are diversities of, of gift, but the same Spirit. And there are diversities of ministrations and the same Lord. And there are diversities of working, but the same God who worketh all things in all. But to each one is given the, mani- given the manifestation of the Spirit to profit with all. For to one is given through the Spirit the word of wisdom, and to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith in the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healing in one Spirit, and to another workings of miracles, and to another prophecy, and to another discerning of spirits, and to another divers kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. These four passages of Scripture are where we turn to to find the listings of the gifts that the Holy Spirit brings in and operates through us. And we want to look at those. And basically, there are two categories of gifts. And then we're going to look at some characteristics. The two categories this morning that we want to look at, and I, handed, I gave you a little handout in your bulletin that will help you. Most people split these gifts into what are called ministry gifts, which are pretty. We can... For the most part, most of us will accept these gifts and we're all right with these gifts. We have no issues with these gifts. For instance, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, service, which is also helps, teaching, exhorting, giving, administration, or benevolence, or another way to say that is mercy. Those are pretty gifts. When those gifts are in, in operation, they are pretty and they help us function properly. But there are also the loud gifts or what we call manifestation gifts. These are the sudden interruptions of the Holy Spirit dur- during our times together or when you're interacting with one another. And they are words of wisdom, words of knowledge, faith, healing, Miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Those are the loud ones that take us off guard or catch us by surprise occasionally. So let's talk about some characteristics. I want to make sure you understand some overriding characteristics of these gifts that we have to have in place. And this first thing I want to mention to you covers all the gifts. And that is this. All the gifts are given to edify the body. They are given to build the body up. In other words, let me say this. Gifts are not so that you can make a name for yourself. Gifts, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit in operation in your life is not a badge so that you can say, I prophesy more than you, I speak in tongues more than you, I have more words of wisdom than you, I'm a prophet, I'm an evangelist, I'm an apostle. It is not a badge of honor, it is a gift that God gives us to edify each other in the body. It's not for you to get famous. And we all know people that try to use the gifts to get famous. But the truth is, is that God has given them to us to build up his body. The second characteristic I want to deal with deals with specifically with the ministry gifts, the pretty gifts. Here are these characteristics. The number one is this. They are related to your natural abilities. 
the, the pretty gifts, being an apostle, being a prophet, being an administrator, being a teacher, they are related to your natural abilities. These gifts, gifts build on your natural giftings God has already placed in you. They follow real close that line. The second thing I would say to you about the ministry gifts is this. These gifts reveal your role or your position in the body. We know where you fit in the body by your ministry gift. In other words, if you're not gifted to be a teacher, most likely we're not going to let you teach. And if you're not gifted to be an administrator and you don't have an administrative bone in your body, most likely we're not going to put you over something to run something because you don't have the gifting for that. It it shows and reveals our role or our position in the body. The third thing is this. The These gifts cannot be separated from the person with the gift. In other words, we can say this. In most cases, if you have a ministry gift, that ministry gift is permanent in you. Right? Let me explain. If you're called to be a pastor, if you're gifted to be a pastor, God has placed that gifting in you. Most likely, you will never be able to shake that gifting off. It is in you. It is permanent in you. And so it is a part of who you are. And that is true. If you have the gift of mercy, most likely you will never come to the place where you don't feel things for people because that is part of who you are. It is in you. Those are the ministry gifts. But let's look at some of the characteristics of manifestation gifts. These are those loud gifts that show up occasionally and hopefully more times than not. And and there are characteristics we need to understand. The first one is this, is these gifts take place in cooperation with the Holy Spirit. And I bring that to your attention because I want you to understand something. The gift of the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. In other words, when you begin to be to operate and cooperate with the Holy Spirit, you don't go into some trance where you have no control over your tongue, and I just got to say this, and even if it doesn't fit and it's not in order, I just got to stand up and blurt it out. No, the, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. You are cooperating with the Holy Spirit, and if it, is, if it is really a word from God, you can hold that word to the proper moment and the proper time. We cooperate with you. That's why there is chaos in all kinds of Pentecostal churches. Is because people think that they go into this trance-like state that they can't. They, I just, I just lost control. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You are cooperating with the Holy Spirit, and He is a he, God is a God of order. He will do everything in order and at the right time. And so we cooperate with Him. So we 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 hold things to the right time. The second thing I'd say to you is that. When we're dealing with manifestation gifts, these, these insertions of the Spirit into our lives, is this. Everything that is done with the manifestation gift must be affirmed and backed up by Scripture. That's why you've got to be so careful, and we are so careful about words of wisdom and knowledge, because I don't know if this happened to you, but I've seen it happen, especially in youth settings, where some guy will grab a microphone or some woman will grab a microphone and say, the Lord has spoken to me, and you're going to marry her. And you're going, I don't even like her, right? Where do you find that in Scripture? Come on now. I'm just being real with you. That is not backed by Scripture. So what we're saying is that words of wisdom, words of knowledge, tongues and interpretation, if you can't find backing in Scripture, then it's discounted. It no longer is allowed. We don't don't affirm that. We don't believe that. It's got to be backed up by Scripture to make it right and to make it real for us. Everybody good with that? All right, that's the way we operate. Third thing I would say to you is this, is unlike the, the ministry gifts, those pretty gifts, these loud gifts are temporary. 
They, they, no one can lay claim to one of these loud gifts and say, this is my gift. And you see that happen all the time too. Because uh, we see people all the time being promoted as they're a healing preacher. They've got the gift of healing. It's theirs. They are, now, listen, they may operate in it on a regular basis, but they don't own that gift. They may own the call to be an evangelist. They may own the call to be a pastor or a prophet or an apostle. But that gift of healing is a manifestation gift. And it comes and goes. And they may be obedient. And they may be available to be used by God. And he may use them on a regular basis in that gift. But it is not theirs all the time. One way to say it is like this. Ministry gifts, those pretty gifts, can be exercised at will. I don't have to to get into some spiritual euphoric state to exercise the spirit of administration in my life it's there i can i can function in that role at any moment i want to but the manifestation gifts only are used at the unction of the holy spirit and so we need to be real aware of that if you run into people that say oh i i I, oh i am i am a person who i have the gift of speaking uh words of wisdom and knowledge all the time if you just need a word you just call me up 24 7 dial 1-800 delilah or whatever and i'll give you a word of wisdom listen that is not scriptural that is not backed by scripture these are temporary god uses who he wants to when he wants to all right and so that's one of the characteristics the other one is this number four is that manifestation gifts had nothing to do with your natural abilities you may not be able to put three sentences together and, and make any, have any eloquence at all in you. And you may get nervous when you talk in front of people. But it does, this does not have anything to do with your natural ability. So God can step in and use you. The Holy Spirit can operate through you. And you can declare powerfully under the anointing with unction a word of wisdom and knowledge. And it be beautiful and flow because it has nothing to do with your natural abilities. Nothing. All right. So the last thing I would say about the ministry gifts is this: is that while the while the or the manifestation gift, while the ministry gifts reveal your role in the body, these loud gifts, these manifestation gifts, have absolutely no relationship to your role in the body. Which means this: that if I hate doing hierarchy in a church, but for for our natural minds, we operate in this a lot of times. So let me just use this as an example. If we had a, a janitor that, that was working in here on a regular basis and, and we just boxed him or her up into that role, they're just the janitor. Ministry gift, the pretty gift says that's their role. They probably have the gift of helps, and so they're operating in that role, and it positions them, it, it, it reveals their role in the body. But manifestation gifts have nothing to do with the role, so that janitor can come into a service, sit right here, and stand up and say, Thus saith the word of the Lord, and give a word of wisdom just as much as I can. Has not, it, there is, it is the great equalizer. God can use anybody he wants to. That's why in the Old Testament he can talk through a donkey. If he can talk through a donkey, let's do the math. He can talk through me, right? There is no, no hierarchy here. Anybody can be used by these manifestation gifts. So let's look at these gifts. And, and again, this is a lot of information. I'm going to hit them quick. You're just going to have to stay with me. You can flip your paper and write it on the back if you want to, if you're that fast. I'm going to give you a one or two sentence definition of each of these gifts. And there are a lot of them. 
So you don't start doing the math of how long this is going to be because I'm going to fly, all right? Here we go. The, the gift of an apostle. An apostle is someone who is called and sent by the Holy Spirit to spread the message of Jesus. They often provide leadership and vision to groups of people. They assume and exercise general leadership over equipping the church. And they have extraordinary authority in spiritual matters. Now, the deal with an apostle is this. Most of the time, they don't have a lot of longevity in them because about the time they get something started, they're ready to start something else. They, I mean, they're always starting something new. The other thing that we tend to find out about apostles is this, is that on a one-on-one situation, just you and them, they usually struggle. They're not that gifted to deal with you one-on-one. But in large groups of people where they're doing training and teaching, they excel in that environment. That is the gift of apostle, the gift of prophet. Second, someone who declares the word of the Lord to build up, exhort, and comfort the church. They bring conviction of sin. They call forth. They reveal and they affirm. They have a supernatural ability to interpret the scriptures in light of the present situation in the church. Now listen, here's the deal with prophets. They tend to be very judgmental. They, they tend to dwell on the negative. When you see everything is right, they go, uh-oh, that ain't right. Something's wrong. I don't know what it is about that gift, but you can go read the Old Testament and see it in operation full-blown, and you understand that prophets tend to be very negative, and we just need to understand that. But here's the kicker on all that. Every word from a prophet has to be judged by the Word of God. Has to be. The third gift that's mentioned is evangelist. An evangelist has the supernatural ability to communicate the gospel with conviction, and they see many people wonder the Lord. Have you ever met somebody like this? They walk into a room after you've already given the altar call, and they go, boo, and 45 people get saved. And you go, I just did that. I had that happen all the time. As When I was traveling as the national youth director, I'd go in, I would preach three messages, and then they'd bring in this guest evangelist on the last night. I've already preached three messages, given three altar calls, and people respond to be healed and be, respond to be uh, transformed and touched. And on the last night, 600 young people get saved, and I'm going, what in the world? There's an individual in our town. His name is Herbert Cooper. He pastors People's Church that has the gift of an evangelist. He can stand up every Sunday morning. They have tons of people get saved because he has the gift of evangelist. That is what they do. So here's here's the tendency. They have a real burden for the lost, and they have this ability to teach other people how to win people to the Lord. Now, the problem is, is that a lot of times they get real judgmental towards people who aren't doing what they're doing. If you're not out there beating the bushes and getting everybody saved, they get real judgmental to you. And I would just say with the word of caution here, we're not all called to be evangelists. We are called to be witnesses, but we're not called, all called to be evangelists. And so there's this gift of evangelists that has this ability to win people to the Lord. Then there's the pastor teacher. The pastor teacher, they care for people, the people of God, and they have the supernatural ability to teach and impart information, knowledge, and wisdom to others. Usually the pastor teacher, if they're worth their weight in salt, accept a long-term responsibility for a group of people. Now, we've all been in churches where it's like a revolving door, and this pastor comes. But typically, a pastor who has knit his heart with a group of sheep will be there and will shepherd them over the long term. You can bullet it down to this. Uh, they guide, they graze, they guard. That's their role. That's their responsibility. They help this group of people be, 
have guidance and they help them grow and they guard them spiritually. Then uh, this, the next one is service or helps. This is the special ability to invest the talents that a person has to enable the person to... Let me read that again. Special ability to invest the talents they have, which enables the person helped to be more effective in his or her spiritual gifts. Usually a person with helps gift will identify needs in the body and go out of their way. They're usually incon- inconvenienced and it's, 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 they take time out of their schedule and they go help somebody do what they couldn't do on their own. And let me just stop right here and say we need more people with the gift of helps. We need you that have a gift of helps to step up and begin to serve. A lot of times the people with the gift of helps aren't considered very spiritual. But the truth is, is that as they make things happen for others, they are fulfilling their spiritual role. They are crucial to the growth of the body of Christ. So don't you ever diminish, well, I just have this, the gift of helps. I don't have the gift of prophecy. I just have this gift of helps. Great, we need it. It's a very spiritual gift. We need you to help us to do the things that need to be done in the body. The exhorter or the encourager brings encouragement to someone. They bring love and hope into the lives of people who are in need. Who do you know that's like that? Have you ever met somebody that has the gift of encouragement and they they go around all the time? In fact, you can almost get mad at them sometimes because they're always up. Have you ever met those people? I mean, your world is coming to an end, and you're in the, in the, in the dumps, and, and your, your lip is dragging the ground, and, you're, and they're going, come on, man, you can do it. You're the one. I believe in you, sister. You can make it. And you're going, give me a break. Nobody's that happy all the time, right? Well, the truth is, is if they have the gift of encourager, a lot of times they are just like that all the time. That is their spiritual gift. They speak encouragement into people and lift them up. The gift of giving. Giving is defined as this, people with the gift who don't give for recognition or personal favor or influence. There are people that will give for influence and personal favor. If I give, then you've got to do what I want you to do. No, no, no. These people have this supernatural ability and gifting that they just give. They're generous. They have this liberal spirit about them that says, you know what? If, I, if, if you need it and I've got it, it's yours. It's not just money. It might be the shirt off my back. It might be my car. It might be my, my meal that I was getting ready to eat. You have this ability to give this gift. The perfect example is Acts chapter 9, a lady by the name of Dorcas. How would you like to have that name? Parents, don't name your kid that if you're going to have a baby. Dorcas. They'll be scarred for life. We'll have to send them into counseling. Dorcas. Dorcas had the gift of giving, and what she did with her gift is she made clothes for the poor. And that was her spiritual gift. How can that be spiritual? It's very spiritual. If you're the one needing the clothes, let me tell you, finding somebody with the gift of, of giving is a spiritual encounter, right? Because they help you. So we need those gifts. The next one is administration or leadership. These people have the ability to understand clearly the immediate and long-range goals of a particular unit of the body of Christ, and they develop and devise effective plans for the accomplishments of those goals. These folks seem to be gifted at planning and putting systems into place to carry out the plan. And now, let me tell you the weaknesses or what could be considered weaknesses. They seem to be very task-oriented. Therefore, they come off as if they don't care about people. Um, by the way, that's one of my, that is my strongest gift, by the way. So if you don't think I care about you, it's not that. I just want to get the job done. All right, that, that's one of the things that we do is with a gift of administration, man, we're carrying out the plan. I got to get this task done. And so uh, 
that's one of the things. The other thing, and, and don't say amen. One of the things that happens in this gift is the person with the gift of administration, tend, don't say amen, tends to be very anal. All right? Uh, very anal. Get stuck on the smallest detail. Can't get off of it. I heard that amen under your breath. I heard that thing. That's out of my own life. Most of the time, we think people with the gift of administration are control freaks. But the reality is, is that what they're doing is they're operating in this gift, which allows them to put things in order. And so you just gotta, you just gotta understand. If I don't come hug on you, it's not because I don't love you. I got a job to do. There, there, there's a parking lot that needs to blown, be blown off. There's a, there's a sign that needs. Am I like that, Mike? I'm like that. Uh, if Woody was here, if he wasn't with the kids, he would amen me. Because what we discovered is I don't celebrate victories very well. Because when, when you get done and you win, that's what you were supposed to do. I'm already on the next thing. We got a plan to carry out, buddy. And that's the way it is. And so that's one of the giftings and one of, the, one of those gifts that the Holy Spirit gives. The next one is mercy. The mercy gift causes a person to wholeheartedly respond with compassion to those who are in need, particularly those who are in need spiritually. It often means that they recognize in other people this need. Have you ever seen the huggy people that are just drawn to those that are hurting? Those people probably have the gift of mercy. Let me tell you something this morning. We need the gift of mercy and operation in our body. Why? Because our society has taught us to be uh, hard and calloused and suspicious. And if somebody walks in and they look like they're in need or, or they're weeping, we, we almost become paranoid. Oh, they just want something. No, the, the, the gift of mercy rises up and says, you know what? It is my calling to, to minister. We need the gift of mercy to be in operation in the body of Christ. All right, so those are the pretty gifts. Now, are you ready for the loud gifts? These are the ones that rattle us a little bit. All right. Here we go. We're going to talk about the loud gifts. Word of wisdom. A word of wisdom is a supernatural word that usually provides a solution to a vexing. What does that mean? A vexing problem. It's an ongoing problem, a problem that continues in our life, and we don't know how to, to, to defeat it and get rid of it. They provide a solution to a vexing problem, and it brings healing, unity, and edification. It brings an understanding that could not be figured out naturally. You know, we can sit around all day and try to figure out how to fix your problem naturally. A word of wisdom, come, or a word of knowledge, excuse me, word of wisdom, excuse me, comes in and says, this is how you fix this. I don't know how I figured this out, but if you would do this, 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 and this, it will solve your problem. How many of you know that when we have people that come in off the street that have no dealings with Christianity, have not been in a Pentecostal environment, and some of them have vexing problems, alcoholism, drug addiction, marriage problems, the world's falling apart, they're having problems with their kids, they need to run into some folks that have the gifting of the word of wisdom who can say, you know what, if you would do this and this, it would solve your issue. I got one amen out of that. that it's going to take that to meet the concerns and the needs of our, our society. It's going to take that. The second gift is uh, the gift of the word of knowledge. And, and these are real closely linked, but there's a little bit different here. Listen carefully. The word of knowledge is a revelation of facts. This is when you read somebody's mail. A revelation of facts about a person or a situation which is not learned through the efforts of the natural mind, but it is a fragment of knowledge given by God disclosing the truth which the Spirit wishes to make known about a particular person or situation. 
So you got to be real careful here because we all have seen the TV shows and exposés where somebody gets a little earpiece and, and they're feeding them information about the person's condition. That's not what I'm talking about. That's a fake. I'm talking about when somebody walks into the room and you don't know them from, from Adam. They walk in and you somehow God reveals to you. I can't explain it. I just know what happens. You go, hmm, they've got a problem with this, this, and this. And you go to them and you say, you know what? God has said to me is if you would fix that's a word of knowledge. It's this un, unlearned gifting from God where you just can better. The only way I know is that you read their mail. You tell them what's going on. Faith is the next one. Faith is a gift that is related to miracles. Because if you don't have faith, you can't see miracles. So you've got to have faith. It is an active conviction that God has revealed his will for a given situation. In other words, this gift of faith is not, well, I believe. It is an absolute conviction. There is absolute trust when you, where God, the Holy Spirit begins to work through you and you just know. Have you ever been there where you just know that you know that you know? It doesn't even make sense. It just, it just, it just registers in your knower. I just know. I'm not that well. Have you ever prayed for somebody to get healed and you don't really know, well, maybe God will heal them? That's not this kind of gift. This gift says, you know what? I don't care what the doctor said. I don't care if you're dying. I don't care if you're on 45,000 kinds of medicine. I am telling you that by tomorrow you will be healed. It's that kind of faith, that active conviction, the absolute trust. Healing is the next one. Healing is the ability that God gives to cure illness and restore health apart from the use of natural means. It is instantaneous, it is complete, it is permanent restoration, and it requires the previous gift. It requires faith. And so healing is this thing that deals with our physical body, this, this sickness. We, we step in and we lay hands on them or we pray for them. We have this active faith and God uses us to bring healing into their life. He flows through us. And then the next one that ties into that is, as well as miracles. This is defined as performing powerful acts that are perceived by observers to have altered the ordinary course of nature. And it's broader than just healings. It all, they also are called signs and wonders. And so healings deal specifically with your physical body. Miracles is a lot broader than that, and it all requires faith. And it all requires a gift of the Holy Spirit. That's why if somebody says to you, send me $45 and I'll work a miracle for you, they've missed the teaching of the Word of God because the Word of God says these are temporary gifts. They don't have the market locked down on miracles. Any one of you, if you have the faith operating in you and the gift of the Holy Spirit operating in you, can be a candidate that God can use to produce miracles in somebody. That also can happen at work, by the way, and at home, by the way, and in your car, by the way. That's not. There's nowhere in Scripture says you've got to be at church when these things happen. They can happen in high school, in college, in junior high. It can happen. Prophecy. Prophecy is receiving... And communicating an immediate message of God to his people through a divinely anointed utterance. But let me say this. Being used in prophecy does not make that person a prophet. There, we're we're two, two different things. There's a ministry gift where somebody, I gave you the definition of that, who, who can call out and, and, and uh, convict and bring affirmation and correction that 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 gift resides in them all the time. They are a prophet, but this is a gift of prophecy. It's a specific word, a specific message given right now that somebody stands up and says, this is what I see God saying to this particular situation. It's a word of prophecy, and it has to be submitted to the authority of God's word and the authority of leadership every time. Discerning of spirits. 
Discerning of spirits is this. It is to know with assurance which whether behavior, which is said to be from God, is in reality divine, human, or satanic. And let me just give you this little nugget here. The, the gift of discerning of spirits is not to be used to judge people. It's to be used to judge spirits. It didn't say the discerning of people. Because a lot of people that are used on a regular basis by the, with the gift of discerning of spirits think they're suddenly this judge and jury on folks. And, well, they're just out they're They're from the devil. They're not from God. No, we're not judging people. We're judging the spirit that's operating in the people. And so that, that's what the discerning of spirits does. And, and it's a powerful gift. The, the next one is tongues. Tongues is to speak to God in a language that they've never learned or never been taught. And it causes us to receive and communicate an immediate message of God to his people through this language that we've never learned. And it should be interpreted. That prayer language that you receive when you're filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that's your prayer language for your prayer closet. When you're communicating with God, it's the groanings and the utterances that I talked about last week when God is speaking through you. But if you're going to stand up and speak in tongues in a setting like this, let me tell you what better happen. You better have an interpretation. It must be interpreted. Otherwise, what does it good, good does it do us? Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, you can speak in tongues all you want. If you don't have love, it doesn't profit us anything. You've got to have an interpretation. We need you to be able to communicate clearly. And so I want you to operate. If God wants to speak through you, the Spirit, uh, through the Spirit with a gift of tongues, great. Give it out in order. But also, as soon as you are doing that, you need to be praying for the next gift, which is the interpretation of tongues. And that is this, the ability to make known in the vernacular the message of one who speaks in tongues. Now, hear me very carefully. I want to make this clear. It is the interpretation of tongues, not the translation of tongues. There's a huge difference. Translation says that we have to get the exact phrasing and the exact word and the exact punctuation right in the right place. This is called the interpretation of tongues, which means we interpret, we get the essence of, and the application of that message. We get as close as we can. We operate in faith and we step out and say, you know what, I think God is trying to say to us is this. And we try to get as close as we can. It's, it's not translation, it's interpretation. Now, all of that. Are you overwhelmed now by the book? All right. All of that to get to this. What does all of that mean for us as a body? What does that mean for you as an individual? It means five things real quickly. Number one, there are plenty of gifts out there. I just read you a huge list of gifts. There are plenty of gifts, and we all can be used in some way. There, there, there's no reason why you should not begin to be used by the gifts, whether they be the ministry gifts or the manifestation gifts, the pretty gifts, the loud gifts, doesn't matter. What I am saying to you is there are enough in there that you fit somewhere in that design. And you should be used. In fact, Paul, I read it to you the very first week of this series in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1 says this, we should desire spiritual gifts. So don't quit coming to church just to ride a chair. There are gifts here that you can be used in, and we need you to allow the gifts to function in and through you. Take your pick. They're there. Find your place. Find your role. We need you to operate in the gifts. The second thing I would say to you is this. Stir up the gifts. Paul said to Timothy, stir up the gift that is in you. I am saying to you, stir up the gift that is within you. The the ministry gifts, that those gifts that reveal your role, they're already in you. You just got to stir them up. Some of you sitting on your gift. 
Come on, Mike, laugh with me. That's funny. Some of you sitting on your gift. Some of you have a ministry gift that resides in you. Remember, a ministry gift is permanent within you. You own that gift. It is part of who you are. It is related to your natural abilities. It is in you, and I need you to stir that thing up and get involved and begin to use your ministry gift. Don't sit on it. The, the third thing I would say to you is this. Be open. You need to be open to the manifestation gifts. I know they're loud. I know they can be scary. I know they require this, this leap of faith. I know that it can make us ner- nervous a little bit. I know I don't, I'm a little timid and I'm not sure about that. I need you to be open to the possibility that God can use you. Because it's not related to your natural gifts. And it's not related to your role or position. God can use you. You've got to be open. Don't close them off. Don't say, well, that's for everybody else that's so spiritual. No, we're all spiritual. We're all spiritual beings. We all have a gift to use. And God can use you. So we cannot close those off. The fourth thing I would say to you, say to you this morning is this. Stay humble. Your gift is not the only gift. Your gift is not the only gift. Your gift is not the best gift. Your gift is just a necessary gift. Why Pentecostals get so proud and, and use it as marks on their, on their belt? Boy, there's one tongue I gave. Woo-hoo. There's an interpretation. Mm-hmm. I'm moving up the ladder. There's a prophecy. Mm-hmm. Got that one down. What is it that about? The, their gifts were one body. Stay humble. Don't come in here and try to flaunt a gift. I just want you to use the gift. I'm preaching really good right now. Because all over America, there are people that show up on Sunday mornings to flaunt a gift. And we don't want you to flaunt your gift. We want you to use your gift in a, in a humble spirit. Because then the attention is drawn to where it's supposed to be drawn. Because the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is for one purpose and one purpose only. To draw attention to Jesus. And if your gift draws attention to you, you misused it. If your gift will draw attention to Jesus, the Bible says that if he is lifted up, he will draw all men to him. That's what the Holy Spirit does. It points us to Jesus. So if you will use your gift in the right attitude and with the right motive and in the right demeanor, it won't make people slap you on the back. It'll make people give Jesus a hand. The last thing I'd say to you is this, is be obedient. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. When you feel like the Holy Spirit is wanting to use you in one of these gifts, whether it be a ministry gift or a manifestation gift, be obedient. This, let, me, let me just declare this. This room right here is a safe zone. So let me put it in everyday language for you. You know what that means? You can try them out. And if you mess up, it's okay. If you stand up and say, thus saith the Lord, and, and one of the leaders goes, eh, we're not sure about that one. We're not going to say, sit down. You're stupid. Don't ever talk again. There's the door. Don't let it hit you on the way back. You scum. We're not going to do that. You know what we will do? In love, we'll say, you know what? Thank you for trying. Thank you for being obedient. But we're not sure that that was exactly the word. Let's wait and get the right word or another word that we feel lines up better with Scripture. That's Now, hear me. Hear me. My responsibility as shepherd is that I'm supposed to guard the flock. So if we bring somebody in and we think they're legit and we bring them in and they start all that junk, I'll set them down in a heartbeat and I'll do it with probably not much tact because that's my second gift is prophecy i like to just jump on people you know no i'm just playing but that's my role but if we're part of this body if you're part of this body one of my roles and the role of the leadership team is to help guide you 
And so try the gifts out. Say, you ought to begin to pray on a daily basis. Holy Spirit, use me. I'm ob- I will be obedient. Even if I'm not comfortable with it, I will try. You'll probably stammer and stutter and, and be all halty and jerky. I think this is what... And I, that's all right. This is kindergarten, y'all. We are learning together. This is a safe environment. Well, I don't want you to ever feel like I can't allow the Holy Spirit to work through me because I might embarrass myself. Come on. This is a safe zone. We will not embarrass you. We will love on you and accept you, and we'll try to help you. Right? Everybody good with that? That's how we're going to operate here because we want a fireworks display here. We got to have one. I want you to stand with me this morning. If you quench the Holy Spirit, hear me this morning. If you quench the Holy Spirit, we all miss out. If God gives you a word and you don't share it, we all miss out because it was for all of us. If God gives you a message in tongues and an interpretation in tongues and you say, I just can't quite bring myself to do that, you're not the one that misses out. We miss out because it was for the body. Be obedient. Be obedient. I, listen, some of you are in this room have never been really exposed to Pentecost and it scares you to death. It doesn't have to be that way. I, hey, I've read to you, I read to you the first week in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul was dealing with the Corinthians because they were in chaos. They were using all the gifts all the time, everybody. And we set some some safeguards in place so that doesn't happen because we believe God wants to work in order. But that doesn't diminish the fact that he wants to use you. We need you to use your gift. Hear me this morning. I'm challenging you. If you have a ministry gift, which you do, by the way, you just got to figure out which one it is. It's permanent within you. I need you to start using it. I need you to start operating in your ministry gift. Helps, service, administration, profit, pastor, teacher, evangelist, whatever it is. Use it. Giving. There's a good one. Giving. I'm playing. But I also don't want us to, to, to just utilize our ministry gifts. Those are the pretty ones, but we need a, a loud interruption every once in a while. When the Holy Spirit says, speak, use that gift. When, he, when, you're, when you arrive at work tomorrow morning and you walk in and you see that person sitting in their cubicle and you go, hmm, I hear God saying in my spirit, you don't have to walk up to them and say, thus saith the Lord. You'll freak them out. Just walk up and say, you know what? I've been praying and I really feel like that I should say to you this, this, and this, and this. And then watch their jaw hit, their jaw hit the ground. They go, how'd you know that? Pastor Church will find out. Right? That's what this is all about. I want to challenge you over the next few weeks and months to begin to pray. Sincerely seek God and ask Him to begin to produce fireworks in you. Now, I'm going to pray over you, and then we're going to have a special prayer. we got some folks transitioning into some ministry opportunities that I'm going to tell you about. Y'all just going to have to help me. I've been uh, teaching more the last three weeks, so y'all, if, please come back next week because I'm liable to blow up. If you don't, we're going to preach next week, all right? I'm going to give you some vision for where we're headed. But I really felt like this was foundational for us for the future, where we're headed. I can't get there by myself. I have certain gifts. You have gifts. We need them all. Father, I thank you for the fireworks that you produce in us. I thank you for all the ministry gifts that are represented in this room, those gifts that kind of correlate with our natural abilities and 
are permanent in us. Father, if there's an individual or a group of individuals that are sitting in this room that are sitting sitting on their, their ministry gift, they, they're not willing to, to serve, and they, they, they've held back these giftings that you've placed in them. Father, I pray that you stir that gift up this morning. I pray that they would become uncomfortable until they're willing to step out and begin to use that gift that you've given them, that, the gift of, uh, of evangelists, the gift of administration and mercy and, and, and encouragement and giving. All those gifts, Father, that are so pretty when they operate correctly. Father, we need those operating here. So, God, I pray that right now you would begin to stir up the gifts in us. Whatever those gifts are in us, I pray that we would lock in on that thing. We would perceive what you've called us to do and to be. But Father, I also pray this morning for the manifestation gifts, those loud gifts, those gifts we can't hardly even explain at times. We declare as a body that if we only have the sparklers and we don't have the explosions, we feel cheated. So, Father, this morning I pray you'd give us a balanced fireworks show. We want to see the ministry gifts in operation every day. But, Father, I declare this morning as a body in corporate agreement that we also want the loud gifts. The interruptions of your spirit where you can use anybody under the sound of my voice at any moment to give a word of wisdom, word of knowledge, tongues, interpretation, to pray with faith and miracles and healings take place and prophecy go out. Father, we need those things in our midst. Our culture needs those things. Our culture needs the genuine move of the Holy Spirit to penetrate their heart as a sign to the unbeliever that God is still alive and still moving and operating. Help us to be obedient. Help us to be open. Help us to be humble so that we won't develop a sense of pride. Help us to understand that these gifts are waiting for someone to grab them and to use them. Help us to be so obedient that we will step out in faith and in trust and we'll use this room as a laboratory, a practice room where we fine-tune these gifts and allow you to use these gifts in us so we can minister to the body. Help us to love one another and handle each other carefully with tact and grace and mercy. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion. Passion.